experience. This encounter with a living God, it is, it changes everything. You know, what, what we, what I'm in the habit of doing when people are coming to things, some of the, the retreats I've been involved with, is just starting with a bit of unburdening. Uh, God really put something in my heart about the, the uh, we can be so full of so many things, there's no room, there's no room for, for God, there's no room for new things. Augustine said this, we must empty ourselves of all that fills us, so that we may be filled with what we are empty of. So, uh, I'm just going to put a wee bit of light music on, and I'm just going to pray, and it's just a bit <coughs> relaxing. We're just It's the first night, we're just here, we've had all the stress, we've had all the travel, we've had all the organising of things, we've had the, you know, having the dog looked after, <laughs> and uh, babysitters, uh, you know, the timer on the lights for, for when we're at the house. <laughs> So, you know, just to be able to just go, disentangle and let go. So, just kick your shoes off, just relax. If you want to close your eyes, eh, and we'll just talk through this for about five minutes, maybe. And breathe. <laughs> We're well familiar with let go and let God. So as we just focus on our breath, as we're breathing out, we're letting go, giving everyone and everything to him. Every upset, worries, busyness, all this unrest that we're living in, with finances, with the world we're in, the night. God, we give it to you. Any fears of the weekend? Maybe just naming disappointment in yourself or that sense of failure, shame, that can keep us so, so, so distant for ourselves. And so far for allowing God to come in. Just name that disappointment. 
and give it to God. even be weighed down with genuine concern that the night Jesus is reminding us can you add a single stature cubit to your to your life by worrying God we cast our cares Jesus said come unto me All of you who are burdened, weighed down with all sorts of pressures, all sorts of sins, hurts, failures, come to me. No matter what, come to me. Whatever it is, come to me and I will give you rest. I'll show you how to live freely and lightly. start of this weekend he needs our, uh, our permission will you let me work will you let me heal I give you my yes How's that better? <laughs> yep. So much easier to receive stuff when we're more relaxed in it. So I appreciate uh, Charles inviting us and letting us know there the, the importance of this introduction to hearing God. And uh, so just to start. How many in here have heard voices in their head? Yeah. 
I'm in the right place then. Remember the scene for Braveheart, the old Irishman, the mad Irishman, I'm in the right place, they're killing the English, I'm in the right place. <laughs> so, maybe it's been voices that are condemned. Maybe it's not just voices, maybe it's somebody else's voice. We've all had it, no matter if we put a hand up there or no. Might be voices, or it might be other people's voices. And we know the voices when they've condemned us and shamed us, belittled us, how they, how they overwhelm. So just think of the impact that the voices have had in every one of your lives. That was a voice. So, we've all heard these voices that have shaped, defined our lives in some way. So it makes this subject about hearing God so important to understand, as Charles mentioned, how important this is to understand this. Uh, I heard a few scriptures at the beginning of my journey, and it was just it was just information to make the time. I just knew something about that. Proverbs four twenty twenty two. This is amplified the Living Bible and the Message translations. And basically they're saying, pay attention in my words. This is what the proverb writer Solomon was, was saying. Pay attention in my words and be willing to learn. Be willing to receive them. Why? Because they are life to them who find them. Who's want about a life? Yes. <laughs> you know, life, healing, restoration, medicine, one of the translations says, to all of our flesh. The Living Bible says, those who discover these words live, really live. And body, soul, you're going to be bursting with health when we've got the right voices. Message says, for they will mean real life for you and radiant health. Some promise. Hearing... God, through his word, through connecting with him quietly, it is promise. The promise is, I'm bringing life to you. Hearing God's voice matters so much to our life. Mm. Cannot underestimate this. As we all just heard there, I had drug-induced psychosis. I am a miracle sitting here, I tell you. Uh, I was in my psychopathology HND uh, training class yesterday. Was it? Ah, yesterday. And <laughs> the end of the day. And we're, we're, we're hearing all about ment- psychopathologies, all about mental illness. And this woman is putting this stuff on. It, it was a TED talk for somebody who's overcame schizophrenia and psych- uh, psychosis. And I'm sitting watching this going, see without Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, the woman's doing alright. But I, I sat there and I goes, I have utter rest. Because I've heard those words of life. I'm not defined by what that was all the years ago. That was me. I sat there and I listened to that story. And I goes, at the joy of, of hearing or, or realising that, you know, we're not defined by all that, all that stuff we've done to ourselves. Because I've done it. I abused myself. I took all the drugs. It was my fault. It wasn't my fault. 
but I was responsible for medicating myself. Mm. If you know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, aye. So that that sense of the words of life that come in to restore the soul. And I'm sitting watching this with the people I'm working with. And the innocence of new Christians receiving a connection with God that is a link. This union that pours in affirmation. The right words that changes everything. All these diagnoses, all these labels, all these things I've believed about myself. God can change it with one word. Because I'm sitting here knowing that's the case for me. God can say more in two minutes than I can say in 20 years. That's the reality. He can say more when we give him the space in, in two minutes than that I, that I could say in 20 years. Because mm. he knows everything about us. We are just, I don't, we, I'm also not mind me saying this, we're at a Fight for the Hearts of Our Children retreat recently. Mm. And we had the quiet. And God spoke. We've all had problems and an addiction, and the, the the motivation for this retreat was born out of thing a dream that Vince had and other things. But I sat in a, a meeting with Debbie, Allison, and Nan, and every one of them broke down when it came to what's your biggest regret? What do you know? Forgive yourself about everyone. And in different moments, I was utterly astounded. I don't forgive myself because of how I've acted towards my children. Powerful moment. And I'm sitting watching them saying, that's the a, that's a real stuff. <coughs> MD who's trying to help, you want to make sure, how can I help that? We came to the retreat, seen 10 minutes. God said to Alison, You've no forgiven yourself. I'm God. I'm God. How, how, how did I not pick that? How did I not say that? <laughs> you know, but that space was, that is the key that unlocks the heart. There it is. Now, you, we could go and get all sorts of professional help. I'm not saying it's bad. It's times, it's, it's, it's absolutely essential for us. But to get that one word there, it was like, lifting all this guilt and shame that's driving us today all sorts of crazy things things that are a bit irrational things that are motivated by that so one word for God the next is uh, this is uh, Jesus quotes uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 he's in the wilderness this voice is coming against him if you really are the son of God command these stones Make them bread. He's fasting for 40 days. He's not had any to eat. He needs food. He's, he's attacked at the very place he's, his greatest needs. And he turns and says, Man doesn't live on bread alone. We do not live on bread alone, physical substance, physical grub. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, the message says, It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. Beautiful. Living Bible. Noises. For the scriptures tell us that bread will only feed our souls. Obedience to every word of God is what we need. <laughs> so he adds yeah, obedience back there. 
Um, so, one other reference is John Six. Beautiful, beautiful part of, uh, of the wholeness and radical heart of Jesus, and that he's 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 uh, basically telling. He's saying to his disciples, he's 12, the ones he's chosen, after majority of them leave because they couldn't accept what he's saying, he says, are you not going enough? Why isn't he running after him? He was so whole and secure. And, and Peter turns and says, where, where, where can we go? You're the only one that's got the words of eternal life. The words of real life. In my studies over the years, I've, I've found out the word eternal means God kind of, God quality of. You've got the words that lead to the God kind of life. And uh, John seventeen three, Jesus says, this is life eternal, to know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent, to know him intimately. And you get the God kind of and quality of life. So... Um, this speaking to, to God to our hearts matters so much. I was at a funeral last week, a childhood friend of mine. We took drugs for years together, and I nearly died in his bathroom. And uh, so I'm sitting, this was triggering all sorts of stuff for me, because I've not seen the boy in about 20 years. Well, not really seen him, I've met him in the passing. And it's an utter tragedy. Uh, reaching out to him and just was so hard and stubborn didn't want help didn't want God now I'm sitting there and I I was reminded of when I was in this boy's toilet I was dealing eckies I went down to this guy's house for him I took this big danger bucket of hash I think I was a big man took all this thing and I'm no joking I went to this guy's house and it was as if my veins were getting pulled the penny burn and Cohen into Whitehurst and Cohen, and I'm cycling, and I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I, I into this boy's toilet, and I'm sitting, my head, my horns going, what's wrong? I look at the mirror, and there's me, and then there's another one of me appears. And I, I, I kid you not, I get dragged to the ground by what it felt like, my veins. I'm lying in the floor, and the, the life of my body, for the tips of my toes, started getting taken out. Couldn't feel my feet, couldn't feel my calves, couldn't feel my knees, slowly. All the things I'd done wrong, the people I'd hurt, the things I'd stole, it was like a pinball machine, boom, 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 boom. Going round like that, all these things I'd done. And uh, it, the life was going to me to here. I was trying to put this into words, it was utterly terrifying. My mum, my, my grand flashed before me, and I'm, <gasps> I am utterly terrified and I heard a voice very authoritatively say stop and then I feel my body again and when I'm outside these boys back in this hut smoking dope there's a voice in my head saying tell them there is a God tell them there is a God and I'm one of the boys dealing eckies <laughs> I, there's a God you know it was like, it was like kinda, I remember kind of uh, taking my time with it <laughs> if you know what I mean but the reason I'm saying this was, this reminded me last week when I look at his face on, on this, you know, the, 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 his funeral, you know, the wee, the wee literature, but 
I'm going, ah, ah, I know I'm in borrowed time. I have had friends of mine that I know never, their, their bodies were found lifeless. People walked in and there was nothing in them. Their bodies were there. And I felt, I, I thank God for that voice. Yeah. I know who that voice is now. I didn't know at the time, but that was an authoritative voice. A voice, a voice that wasn't intimidated by evil, all these voices. And uh, that voice gives you your heart back. He gives you your mind back. And he sets us free. So that's how important it is. Is that what you do? Is that what your, is that what your voice can do for me? I'm going to play a scene here from The Chosen. Has anybody seen it? Some? Mm-hmm. Some, some have, some haven't yeah. Beautiful scene that, that it captures this moment that Jesus meets this woman at a well. John chapter 4. Meets a woman who is an outcast, rejected. She has, she has been alienated from society, banished because of her adulterous lifestyle. So, MDLs relate here. We've all done terrible things. We, and it's not just the community that, that's banishing us. It's even worse when it's ourselves. We can't, we can't sit there in skin because of how bad we feel about ourselves. That's the biggest prison of it all. I've just been talking with a couple of counsellors from Dublin and they introduced me to a quote from Brené Brown and he says, uh, our problem is we try and connect with others without first forging a real connection with ourselves. And where all these parts of us are so shut away and I'll never think about that again, that's terrible. And, and then we try and relate with others. With all these, you know, looked up places in us. Jesus is after our whole hearts. And I, I am so confidently able to say that I know, that I know, that I know. It might feel like the painfulest journey that is Remember that in the battle of Stirling and Braveheart. I'm no fight for them. The English, the problems, the giants in my life, the pain, it's too hard, it's too big. I'm running and I'm going to live. He said at least a while. You might live a while in a, in a unresolved, unaddressed issues. But he says dying in your beds many years from now. What would you be willing to trade? All these days were wasted in denial or avoidance or, you know, I just refuse to touch this, I refuse to look at it. Or come back here and say, and tell your enemy, you may take my life, but you're not going to take my freedom. You're not going to take my freedom to actually face these things. I have got a choice. I am free to let him in. I'm not telling you a textbook. I'm telling you because it's the most courageous journey any one of us can take. And that's who I respect the most in my life. People who have overcame and they've actually, they've actually uh, no quit, no check to it. They've said, God, I, I, I'm, I, I'm going after you. So we'll play this scene uh, and then we'll have a wee, have I said everything about that? So the, 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 the beautiful thing is, he comes to this woman. So we'll put the scene on and then, and then we can talk a wee bit. Matthew, can you hit the lights again, please? Right, I need to shut that down.
Give me a drink. Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? Are you a Jew? That's quite a drink for me, a Samaritan. I'm a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the pool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come with you. In the heat, see what's so kind of you might be. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? What do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to throw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Wrong story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and then come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. Uh, oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you 
who would make it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank him even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sort this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you. And it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others.
This incredible device removes 50 times more real wax than cotton swabs and masks in the So, uh, absolutely profound. When I first seen that, I mean, I'd read these, studied that, uh, that you know, like I'm sure others here have. But when I saw it like that, it just went, oh! When he's speaking the detail that only he could know. You know, and that's, that's what I'm trying to capture here. The, the intimacy in him saying, like, what we do is, go and get your husband. I, 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 I've not got a husband. Aha, uh-huh. I know, you know, you've got five in the one you're living with, you've had five in the one you're living with, and there's no your husband. So we, we give this wee tiny bit of information, but he exposes what needs to come up. And you, by the way, I've heard this before, and it's so true. She goes, give me this wire, t- I want this life. First, go and deal with your sins. The things that are blocking her for receiving that light in life had to be addressed first. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the, the beautiful outworking of this. I don't need to live like this anymore. I don't need to live like I'm carrying 50 years of my life on my shoulder. With all the hurts, with all my failures, with all my baggage, I don't need to do that. It is the best. It's, it's too good to be true, almost. But when you taste that, and you're going, I mean, the joy that that captures, man, that she received him saying something to her. I'm here. I am right on time. I am meant to be here. I'm here for you. Oh. I mean, to have that, and, you know, uh, we've just, my wife and uh, Charles' wife and others were over in America there. That's a beautiful women's retreat. And uh, one of the things that God spoke to this, really, I really respect this lady, that you're, you're, you are special. You're my favourite. Right? But the way he talked to her was because you're all my favourite. You're all special. The word, in the, the, the word in, in certain dictionaries talked about worthy of love. Mm-hmm. And this great friend of ours we've just connected with, he was over there leading something and he had this vision and quiet. And he said he saw Jesus, with 80 folk in the room, he said he saw Jesus at every one of them. And he said he was able to pass space and time almost and I, it really blessed me because I thought, you minister to every one of us. Mm. You are not limited by... Wait a minute, I'm talking to, uh, you know, Sandra <laughs> now, I'm talking to Charles now. You know, it, it's like he comes in these ways that are just profound. So, leaving her water pot. <laughs> that is one of the greatest joyous days of our, of our life. The thing that I've been using to quench my thirst the thing that I've been using to medicate yeah. the, this pain, the thing that I've been using to to make life work for me, she's like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm the one that I'm, 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 I'm going to, t- I'm telling her, 
I'm so excited I need to tell this, come and see a man that's told me everything I've ever done. Uh, and, and, you know, this thing, the thing that changed when God spoke right into her situation. So that's what we're here for. So the theme of the weekend is she just to have one word, as I, as I was saying, he can speak me in two minutes than, than I could in 20 years, you know, to your heart specifically. Uh, you know, the, the, the story continued when all these folk for the tune that she went into to tell her to come back out to meet. You know, uh, they were so excited, they want him to stay with them, going, you need to stay here. And she, they said, now we believe. She said, to, they said to her, now we believe. Mm-hmm. Now we believe, because I've heard them for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one line, now I believe, because he's talked to me. Yeah. That, oh, yes, that is amazing. See, see the, work, the work I'm involved with? That, to me, is the most satisfying thing. God led me to study the history of the 80 years ago, right? And I found out about Frank Bookman. Now, this guy, we, everybody should know about him. Tremendous man who was used to remake the world, and he did. He started the Oxford Group and all the things that came out of that. And then he started a movement called Moral and Spiritual Rearmament before the Second World War, and he was running all these countries, mobilising people to spiritually rearm themselves when everybody else is physically rearming. He was mobilising people to spiritually rearm. He had 50,000 groups in the UK alone waiting on God. So he was, he was, he started his, you know, kind of Christian, 20, maybe 20s or 30s, whatever it was, helping people. And he says from morning, to, morning till night, people were in his place for help. And he goes, I didn't see the results. I didn't see the transformations. And this man said to him, are you listening to God for these people? <clears throat> and he made a decision, it was like five or six in the morning, <coughs> to wait on God an hour, the first hour of his day, I'm going to listen to God. And it's documented in the book, For Sinners Only, I mean, he's what I read, it's tremendous. Uh, and, and, and basically, uh, he starts telling and he's quiet, this, this name came in. And the story goes, this guy, Bob Pickle. And he was the most roughest guy in this town in America. He ended up, through this, God's leading and guiding him, this guy ended up getting saved and the full community <coughs> changed. His full family changed. So, but uh, the, the, the point was, he started realising these things weren't changing. And then I, I made a commitment to wait and hear and let God speak and end things. The guy went on to remake a world. Really respect him. Um, so, hearing for ourselves, I, I'm going to just have a wee five minutes on this, on the back of this. You know, we're talking about this weekend. He wants to speak to us all. And we just gave him the space to ask, uh, to, to let him. So the question is, is there anything you'd like to say to me this weekend? And I'm just going to sit five minutes, and then maybe a few years if you've got in, we'll just share before we go to the next wee bit. I'll just put a wee bit of music on again. Is that all right? I'm going to like it. Oh. 
Please, Jarvis, please. So, MD in just fused of a fair. Did anyone come up there that was actually wild? Some, I, I got some there. Restoration and reconciliation. Amazing. Can you get it over Restoration and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Does that mean a lot to you? Anybody else? Seek and you shall find. Is that what you got there? Seek and you shall find. Is that good advice for you? Say that again, sorry, James. Yeah. Brilliant. Debbie? Fuck is that? These wee words, Charles. Mine's was called for a time such as this. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Yep. So, look, you know, this is just demonstrating, just demonstrating that that that's normal. Yes, we God speak to us through the Bible, through through others. Yeah, hundred percent. Film, nature, but the still small voice. He is more than able. He is more than willing, sorry. And uh, it's a, it, you know, it's just practice. I was, I've been working with a couple, and the, this woman has got no experience whatsoever with this. And we're going through this Keys to Freedom, and it's on here in the Voice of God, the first key. And uh, so we've just been practicing, waiting. She's never done it before. She goes, I got this thought, divine intervention. <laughs> And we, you know, looked at it in the dictionary, and it was like, this, do you want divine intervention? Because this lady does not seek. She's not living a life like that God's real. And it was that word that was, is divine intervention is possible. So, amazing. Uh, <clears throat> another wee bit to talk about is... Hearing and then obeying. <laughs> massive, massive part. I went to speak at a place one night and I shared this message and I heard inside after I'd spoke the scene for Gladiator and he says, are you not entertained? He's shouting, are you not entertained? And I was hearing this going and I knew God was saying to me, they're here for entertainment. They're here for entertainment. Uh, they're, they're not taking this serious. Uh, 
my story, I've had God, my greatest, some of my greatest lessons have been through the most painfulest of failures. The lessons that, that have lasted in me, the humility, the hum, the humiliation, me like, has kept the lessons be, I've made an absolute arse it so many times like that, that I've remi- remembered. Don't do that, son. And uh, I had a, I was working with a boy, some maybe know him, he was a, he was a heroin addict for co-winning. He came to your meeting, and I had two lovely women worked with me for years, and they, one of them, we always get clear words. When we waited in quiet, she'd always get really clear instruction. And, they, and, and you got this instruction for this boy, and um, I'll get to that. But this, that, this <coughs> instruction was it, was, it was so crystal clear for his life, and I went home, my wee devotional that night was talking about help for all. Meaning, I, Jesus said, I have promised my help for every day. Not just for the saints, the, every day, the sinners who turns to us, the saints who live with me. <coughs> but once we turn, I, Jesus said, I plan the rescue that's craved. But if that soul hears and learns of my purpose, should fail to do, because you look at that, it's, it's got a but and an if. But, but when one turns, if they hear and they fail to do their appointed task, how can my healing of physical, spiritual, or temporal disharmony be manifested? Now, I took him for a burger that night. Next day he died. Heron overdose. Next day I got a phone call from his mum. And uh, utter tragedy. That, but that's what that's when I read that. That's what I remember. And I was at when I was at the fellas' funeral last week. I was talking to his dad and mum, and I was thinking, try to console them when they've had my thirty year of absolute utter hopelessness, dejection. And the reality was, I know in my experience, every one of us get a window of opportunity. Every one of us have a moment where that help is available. But whether or not we say yes. And that when Charles is commending every day for being here, that's the reality. We are now all dressed up for nothing. This is life and death. Because when we dice, deal in some of the habits we've been involved with, you know, one mere, one mere act can produce you know, the, the, uh, the, the, that kind of consequence. So, in praying about that, uh, so, try to keep this, to keep the details out, but the day that something happened to me, and this was reminded to me, the frustration of the divine plan is our tragedy. See, when we don't, I mean, the third step of the 12 steps for those that know it. The eleventh step of the 12 steps for those that know it. I commit to give God my will. Right, great. I surrender. Eleventh step. Through prayer and meditation, I seek to improve my conscious contact, praying only for the knowledge of his will and the courage and the power to carry it out. But frustrating that will is your tragedy. I remember watching Ant and Dec one night, and it was the, remember the one the ads at the end of that Saturday night thing, brilliant mm. show, 
uplifting as anything. And uh, I'm watching this guy. He's 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 got so many prizes, and he uh, and he's uh, he's he's gambled it on this last question. And all he needed to know was one thing. He just needed to know one one thing. Answer it right, and he would have got you know all these uh, prizes. And he loses. And I'm like, oh. You know, you feel like this devastation, tragedy, you know, how, how are you going to get through the night? You know? Yeah. And you've nearly had, you had this and then you lost it all. And that was communicated to me. This is what that, that's what that's like. When I don't know, or when I know and I refuse to do, that is my tragedy. That is a dev, that's the same feeling. That, ah, I had this, I knew this. But I didn't do it. That's man's tragedy. As Charles said, the hard bit, we can hear these things, brilliant, but the hard bit is actually doing it. And uh, I heard this years ago at this men's event that uh, that I think Charles, myself and others were at. This African pastor was uh, talking and he said something that just <laughs> slapped me and it's kept, kept with me. He said it was a, a, a general in the, Viet- in the American Army in the Vietnam War quoted, I'm sure. And he said, some men die by shrapnel. Some women, I put it, die by flames. But most men die inch by inch by playing silly games. And, uh, you know, that that has always stuck with me because there's such a weight about it. You know, there's a weight of the need to actually say, God, I am giving, I, I'm asking for the power and the courage to follow you. Um, and, you know, there's nothing worse than wanting to help somebody and they don't receive it. Is that not the worst feeling if you've worked with people that you're actually seeing, or even you're just your friends, your family, you're, you're knowing the best for somebody, and you're going, you've got it. And they go, I don't want it. And they, and they turn away. And I, I read this in my wee, my wee devotional, God calling, it says, divine restraint, it says, it's the worst suffering that I have, that I have to hold back my help for others, because they won't allow me. I have to hold back from letting that help change their life because they won't let me. Um, so, somber, I know. Uh, there's, there's this quote for Jesus in uh, Matthew 23. He's looking at Jerusalem, crying, weeping, saying, I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you just wouldn't let me. He's crying. He's a he's a guy that's there with us, and folk are going, no, no, no. I, I, we, we've got these religious ideas. We've got this way of thinking. I know what I need to do with that. He's going. I wanted to gather you under my wings, but you wouldn't let me. Yeah. So it's just just gentle kindness, mercy, grace. This is not about whacking your head when with this. I know it feels like that because they truths actually they hit you in the eye and go, oh, well, that's definitely been me. There's a reason why we're disobedient. There's a reason why we don't go after God. 
because there's so much walls been built around us that that we that we you know it's hard to penetrate. It takes a while to trust folk, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. Especially when your trust has been torn to bits and you're saying, I'm not trusting them there again. And then all of a sudden you have to go, I'll let God in, just I'll let you, your will, God. It's hard, especially when we've had the brokenness that we've all had in our lives, to one degree or another. So, there's grace, there's mercy. But, you know, we, we, we want to, we want to, to you know, Especially being here, like that woman, look at the joy that resulted in I receive. I believe because he's talked to me. Just to finish, Toja wrote in the pursuit of God, let us beware of tinkering with our inner life, which means dealing with it in a casual, unconcerned, relaxed way. And it's what the Proverbs talks about is complacency. I just, ugh, who cares anyway? You know, I'm, I don't need to bother. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's what the Proverbs say. The reverential fear of saying, I want to do what you tell me. You see, that's the beginning of all wisdom. So, just inviting to finish on the first night and just responding to that. That you might say, that's been me and that clip where that woman is actually trying to push him away you don't know who you're talking to I don't let anything near me so we, we might have related with that I don't let anything near my heart too painful I'm too I'm too unworthy I'm too undeserving if they really knew if they really knew me you know what I've done and how bad I've been I think that that captured that so beautifully he was pursuing her he was there on time, on purpose, to come after her heart. And, uh, you know, so, to just finish with that, I'm, I, can I give, and I, I remember doing this myself, doing it at uh, Southside, Kenny Borthwick was speaking one night, and uh, I remember he talked about surrender. And I thought, just what I communicated there, I couldn't have said it back then, but I, 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 say, I, I understand it now. There was so much pain within that I could only give a wee bit at a time. I, I didn't, I didn't, you, you couldn't surrender when when you've had so many walls around that the places, you know. So that that sense of I can I'll give a wee bit more tonight, and it's all right. He meets us exactly where we are. We don't need to compare ourselves. We don't need to, uh, you know feel bad about it, you know, just, this is where I am, and that's alright, he meets us exactly there. So let's pray. So Father, we thank you that you are a good, good Father. A Father who pursues us and runs to us. A father who doesn't condemn us. Who's actually waiting for us. I pray for each heart in here tonight. In whatever way you've spoke, whatever condition the heart, 
God we're all united in our humanity in our struggles and God we can say as a group as a body as a company that God we say I, I give you that wee bit more than I the areas that I've been I've been refusing the areas that I've been playing the games with the areas the areas that you've told me things that I just don't want to listen to God we acknowledge them we just we bring your light into them we thank you that you don't want us to live in dungeons of shame scared to let them be close because of of if they really knew like the woman at the well there if you really knew they're all condemning me but I thank you that you don't and at the start of this weekend God we just pray that this beginning just the start the beginning of you doing what only you can do changing our hearts working within us bringing those words of life those words of healing those words of mercy and deliverance and release words of affirmation so we turn it over to you and we rejoice God tonight we rejoice we thank you for the great things that you're going to do in and through us over this next couple of days in Jesus name Amen Amen. Amen.